Warning, the following podcast contains spoilers of episode 3 of The Great British Bake Off. Please watch the episode before listening if you can. Uh, thank you. Hello and welcome to The Bantry Podcast, where three friends from across the pond uh, get together and discuss the latest episode of The Great British Bake Off. I'm Connor. I'm Amy. And I'm Denise. And we're back again with another episode, and this uh, this week's episode is Bread Week. Woohoo! Yay, Bread Week. Are we all ready for the bakers to rise to today's challenges? Very good, very good. <laughs> You've got some competition this week in, in terms of puns as well. Oh yeah, there were a, a few puns in, in the episode. But it's one that, uh, like Bread Week personally, is one of my favourite weeks in Bake Off, because one of my favourite things to make is bread. So yeah, I was coming into this week with a lot of, a lot of a lot of hype coming in. Yeah, I was really excited for this week too. I think bread week because it's such a staple. Like everybody eats bread, <laughs> I would think. Um, and it's just there's so many like such a large variety of what they could be baking for bread week. Um, like such a big range. So I was really excited to see all the challenges and things like that such a large variety they they even started to, uh, using pastries for it for this week but i'll complain about that in a moment <laughs> <laughs> i know we sh- i was thinking like oh should we name this episode something different <laughs> because bread week i don't know you'll a see li- yeah a little we'll, bit we'll of talk bread about week. it for sure <laughs> is this a silly question but like what makes bread bread and not pastry would you both say bread is like tends to be savory only but there are sweet breads too. Like so yeah. I feel like is it more of a like ratio of flour and like if they use bread flour, maybe it's like the gluten, if it's a gluten bread based bread, then is that what makes it more bread like versus pastry? Yeah, I think the I think for like the formation of gluten in there is like the main thing that I'd consider with bread and long proving times. Whereas with pastries, I'd like I'd consider I'd consider that to be more of like lamination times. But I guess that's just the mindset that I'm having with it. That like I'm like I make pastry, I'm focusing on I'm focusing on the lamination being good. Whereas when I'm making bread, I'm making sure the proof is good. So you're saying that there has to be some proof that a bread is bread. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool should we jump into um the first task then let's do it let's do it and another thing uh that we've got special for this week is something we definitely didn't add in post is that uh, abdul and rebs are absent for this week as they had fallen sick so there is only eight bakers in the tent this week so task one was making pizzas yay um (laughs) yeah i i (laughs) I guess the the first question to ask uh, ask you both have you have either of you made pizza before like from scratch? Nope, I have never made pizza or pizza dough or pre-made pizza dough. I've just made frozen pizza. <laughs> I have made pizza when I was younger um, because I really wanted to do that whole flipping thing in the air, oh, no. and I remember like you would have to, you know, stretch out the dough and you would throw it in the air and toss it a bunch of times. So I was like really into doing that. 
Um, but I was younger, so I don't know if I can do it anymore. But I think I mostly just buy pre-made dough now. Um, or even flatbread. Sometimes I just get like flatbread right away from the grocery store and then just add my own toppings and things like that. But I really like making pizza at home because you can really customize all the toppings um, to your own liking and have the exact perfect amount of ratio. Like I find that when I eat pizza out uh, outside, it's hard to like it's a little bit hard to get the perfect one that I like with the right amount of sauce and toppings and cheese and whatnot. So it's fun to just make it at home. How about you, Connor? Yeah, I've made it. I've made it a few times before. That is probably something that I'd like to make more often because uh, you can like sourdough sourdough beets is like it's a, the same dough, and you can make a good meal out of it. Uh, so it's yeah, it's one that I'd like to make more of, but I have made a few times before, and it's been it's been relatively successful. I know a few friends who have uh, like uh, pizza ovens with like pizza stones, so I feel like I should contribute by bringing the pizza dough and bring it to theirs and like, can we have pizza? <laughs> I want to go back to Amy's pizza making skills. So like, how far did you? Oh yeah, how did it go? Pizza dough. Yeah. Oh, um, I mean, I think the challenge with it is is that it was hard to keep it without getting holes in it and like stretching it out without yeah having the holes <laughs> um so I would always be very conservative and I would just like throw it up like two or three times and then just end up kind of finishing it up on the table like 10 feet high like like 20 feet high oh oh um <laughs> yeah like you know I would, I would go I would have to go outside and just make sure there's no ceiling so it doesn't get stuck <laughs> on the ceiling <laughs> But yeah, maybe one day I'll try it again. You'll do it on stream. I can't wait to see. Yes, please do. <laughs> yeah. A pizza tossing competition. So what were some of your favorite ones from the challenge? I thought uh, skipping to the end a wee bit with it. I thought Sandro's looked really, really good. And also got very good feedback from, from Paul, which is always, always ideal. Uh, I did also. I I love the look of Carol's. It was just it was just cheese. It looked glorious, <laughs> but it's but it's also probably not the healthiest pizza you could have. But it was quite. I thought it was quite interesting. A lot of them. Um. Yeah. Sandro's was the heart shaped one, but I don't remember what the toppings were. Because <laughs> I was so fixated on the heart, because you know, his pizza has a piece of my heart. Sandra's was like a sweet and spicy pizza. He had also something that's kind of controversial. Uh, he had pineapple on his, as did two other bakers. Uh, Kevin had figs, and then James also had pineapples. So I think it was supposed to be like a sweet, savory sort of pizza. They, I don't know. I, I like the idea of that, but what are your thoughts? Ah, yes. The ever-ongoing question of pineapple on pizza. Does it belong? I think as long as it's like, as long as it's not soggy, like soggy pineapple, then I think I'd be okay with it. But like, I wouldn't want it to like ruin the dough. But if it was like the, like the taste, like you'd still get the taste of the pineapple, I think I'd be okay with it. But I haven't had it a whole lot, I'll be honest. Denise, are you team pineapple on pizza? Not really, but not because of the fruit aspect, but because I don't really care for pineapple. I think as a kid, 
there was like this Vietnamese uh, soup that my mom would make and it had like lotus root and then it also had pineapple and like fish and I just remember not really liking that dish. Maybe I will as like an adult, I would like it. But ever since then, for some reason, I really don't like pineapple unless it's like super duper sweet and it's like a pineapple, like a Taiwanese pineapple cake or something like that. But I don't like pineapple on pizza only because I don't like pineapples in general. <laughs> yeah, personally for me, I I mean, I don't hate it. Like, I, I don't have a very strong opinion. Like, no, absolutely not. Pineapple does not belong on pizza. Um, but I definitely don't order it. And I don't really, you know, I won't go out of my way to try to get a pineapple pizza. And I think for me, I thought about it. And I think it's because I'm so used to eating pineapple on like a hot day and like it being really refreshing like fresh out of the fridge type of um feeling but but when you're eating it on pizza right it's kind of warm so I, I think that's the part that makes me not love it um but again like I'll eat it I don't have anything completely against it so I think it's like common in the U.S. that it's called like Hawaiian style pizza like pineapple ham on pizza which is weird because it's I think it was created by a Canadian person. <laughs> so it has no relation to like a Hawaiian chef or like a US pizza. <laughs> so it's a very interesting backstory. Oh, I don't know if you knew that, Connor. <laughs> I didn't know that was the backstory of it. I knew it was called a Hawaiian pizza, but I didn't know it originated from Canada. Um, I would love to hear what kind of pizza would both of you make um, if you were in this competition? If I like trying to be like super like innovative and not make like a, a regular pizza, then I'd probably go like the route that Shabira did where she brought some of her culture from Malaysia, like those kinds of foods over like a crossover, basically a fusion food. So I would be interested in making like some kind of Vietnamese pizza with a lot of like lemongrass and spices, maybe in the form of pizza that would be pretty cool or I even thought of uh, I think potatoes really go well with pizza I like potatoes in general because I've had a potato pizza before with like pesto maybe instead it could be with like a Japanese curry sauce even though I'm not Japanese but I don't know it was in the same realm of like some kind of fusion pizza yes I love potato on pizza as well I love it um, the other thing is, uh, I don't know if either of you have had or heard of sweet potato pizza, where basically the crust is like a sweet potato filled crust, and it's typically a Korean pizza dish, or I've had it um, like in Koreatown in LA a lot, uh, and I haven't found it that often or that much in San Francisco, but yeah sweet potato crust pizza highly highly recommend if either of you have a chance to try it or if any of you listeners out there have had it have a chance to try it highly recommend sweet potato crust pizza i really like the sound of that that sounds really good another thing that was mentioned during this task was paul very disappointingly walking around all the bakers and judging all their kneading technique which uh, was one part that i found amusing because i think it was kevin who said that oh no it was Sandro that said he'd he'd seen it in Paul's book and Paul just flat out denied <laughs> denied that that was his method which yeah it was one that I found quite amusing 
because I think the yeah the the correct way to do it uh, they all make good pizzas so they all did a good job in my opinion uh, is I think you've got to rip the dough a bit more and just be a bit more aggressive with it because that encourages the formation of gluten within the dough if I'm remembering rightly that's definitely one thing that I I, I haven't made many breads in my lifetime <laughs> but I think that's also like one thing that steers me away is like the kneading and like the arm strength and all that so kudos to anyone who makes bread so you're saying that it's better to be needy when you're making bread yes (laughs) okay that's it i'm done that's the last of it i promise all right so i think that wraps up uh task one all right so now we are moving on to the technical round and for this episode, the bakers were asked to make pan or raisin, which translates to uh, raisin bread, <laughs> I think, in French. So technically, it has the word bread in it, if you translate it. But I feel like yeah. some people may not say it's bread. <laughs> yeah, and Prue even said that's not bread. It's Paul Hollywood. Though, isn't it? So <laughs> clearly, it's not bread. But I think... What was Paul's, like, justification again? He said it's an enriched dough, but, like, they've done pastry week. Like, why didn't they just do it on pastry week? I also think, like, it looks like a cinnamon bun. Like, the shape of it looks like a pastry, too. Like, if it was, like, a loaf of raisin bread, I could maybe, like, yeah, that's maybe a little better, but it literally looks like a pastry. Yeah, and like, and there was like comments about it being too doughy later, like later on with uh, one of the bakers. So it's just like it's too bready. It's like I wasn't very pleased about this challenge. I'm not gonna lie. Like yeah. I've said before, that bread week's one of my favorites, and we got pastry. <laughs> I love pastry. Pastry's great, but we could have had pastry on pastry week. <laughs> I think um, I also didn't realize like the rewatching it again the judges were pretty savage with this one with the judging of this one like I feel like or maybe it was the way they did it it was very like down the line okay next oh this has tails okay next this one clearly was wasn't proofed right okay next and it was just like bam 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 I think there's a couple of things with that I think this this episode was shorter than the previous two episodes we've had Mm. So I'm not sure if there was a bit more of a time constraint. So the editing was a bit more snappy. But I also do feel like Paul is always Paul is always mm-hmm. a more critical judge during Bread Week. Because they're like uh, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, Paul Hollywood, his like specialty is bread. So this is what this is like his like I was gonna say his bread and butter, but that's a pun, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <Well done>. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so this is what this is what Paul is best at. So he's very critical. I quite like when he, I quite I like the critical judging in this week because because you hear like what he's looking for. Like he like mentions like pockets where butter used to be and things. Mm, I think yeah. it's it's quite interesting to hear. Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys when I was watching it. Um, like they were all putting it in their little stations. They have a proofing drawer, I think. Uh, I am not familiar with the concept of a proofing drawer, so I'm curious, like, if you guys know about that. Like, is it a higher temperature than a, than room temperature? Like, what is it, kind of? 
I have never used a proofing drawer, but I was also curious after watching seasons of this. So I think I've looked it up. So Connor can correct me if I'm wrong. It's like a separate like device or like tool that keeps whatever's inside at a certain temperature that's warmer than room temperature, I guess, depending on the season. So I've never used one either, but from what I understand is it's a, I think it's like, it's basically a, a com- connected to the oven. So you will set the temperature of it and it's a higher than room temperature space for, for you to leave bread to proven because it, bread will, it will prove better, it'll prove quicker in a warmer environment. But obviously it'll, it'll rise too much in a, in the temperature you'd have in an oven. So it's a it's a cooler oven, really. Um, Connor, do you currently just put it on the countertop? Is that typically what you do when you wait for bread to proof? So I used to in uh, the old apartment that I lived in. It had a uh, like a, a heated a heated drying rack uh, that like for the use for clothes. So and it was quite it was quite a warm space. So I used to actually just proof bread in there, and it was quite a good. It was like is like a portable proofing drawer. <laughs> um, so I used to prove bread in there, but since I've moved, I haven't quite figured out the best way to do it for uh, for room temperature proving, but I have been doing a fair bit of bakes that just like an overnight loaf where you can just like put it in the fridge and leave it because f- you can prove it for a longer time as it's a slow rise. Ooh. So I've been doing that a bit more as it's it's quite a nice one to to make the dough in the evening and then the the to be ready the next morning ready to go in the oven. I also like the tip from actually task one. I forgot who said it. Was it James? Anyway, there's a tip from the task one where they said, oh, if you can use a shower cap to like put over your bowl and it'll help it proof. Yes, that was James. I feel like I never got a, like a really good seal around my bowl while it was proofing too. So now I'm gonna try with a shower cap. And then maybe also put it in a turned off oven. That might be a little bit more stable than like my countertop too. But I'm excited to try the shower cap. It's a very good tip. Yeah, it's something that I would like to try as well. Because it's not always the, you don't always have the ideal shape. Yeah, and I don't want to use like saran wrap every time. This is a more eco-friendly solution. We like that. (laughs) It is. Cool. Just don't accidentally bring your bread into the shower. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> uh, to go on to actually how the bakers did on this challenge, we've said that they uh, the the judges were quite quick with their judgments from what we saw in the edited down version. But one thing that I noticed during it before we get to the actual results is uh, Kevin got a wee bit stroppy during the uh, during the baking of this, and as someone who also gets stroppy with his bakes fairly often. I, I quite I quite enjoyed seeing it. I like a fellow stroppy baker of just going, nope, it's not it's all going wrong. I'm not going to do this because he because uh, he didn't do his second proof. He didn't put it in the proving drawer because he was like, it's all soggy anyway. What's the point of proving it? Uh, and when they came to judge it, uh, Paul's comment was that it's underproved. So that shows if you're having a strop with your bakings, please please just continue with with how it's going. Everything will be all right. Are you talking to future Connor when you're saying this? Yes. This is for me. This is for me only. I, I apologize, everyone, but this is for me only saying this. <laughs> we need a clip of that so we can play it for you every time you <laughs> have you. a strap in the future. <laughs> every time I bake. <laughs> I wanted to give a comment on how difficult lamination is, and I feel, especially in a new environment, I think the bakers had issues 
if their butter was leaking, it was too warm, or if it leaked in the oven, which then made their pastry not laminated and like gooey and like doughy. So it's a very temperamental thing to do lamination, and I'm not very good at it myself, but it is very, very difficult. And so maybe that's like when they're judging it, it's very clear, oh, the butter leaks, so this is a clear issue. So maybe it's just like easier to point them out because it's very apparent. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. It's it is something that's really difficult to do. I've I've had I've like I've baked it where it stayed in. I've baked them where they don't stay in, and it's it's heartbreaking watching like all the butter just seep out of it when you're baking it because making puff pastry takes a long time as well. So yeah, I sympathize for the bakers like when they put it in the oven and then all the butter leaks out of it because lamination is really difficult as a technique. Just like if you were making like macaron shell like the cookie part. You just watch it, and then there's nothing you can do to fix it afterwards. It's a very sad yeah. thing. But once you get it, it's probably the most satisfying thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you'd probably want to have a couple of the ones where the butter leaks out and then get that moment where it all stays in. And also to add to the difficulty of just, like, lamination, they had to put icing on top of each bread or pastry. I don't know what you want to call it. They had to put the icing on top of a week. hot bake after the after it came out of the oven, which just sounds so stressful. Yeah, that sounds so challenging. There's like no cooling time, so I don't know. I would I would probably panic in that moment too. So the results for the technical challenge in second place was Maxi, which I am really happy for her, especially uh, considering how well she did last episode. And then in first place, uh, Yanush got first place um well deserved as well yeah i don't think we really spoke about yanush today uh, just but, but that's because his standard's so high for all his bakes it is getting like similar to what happened with the Jurgen last year is that they're always great <laughs> it's like yeah okay but um yeah to confirm like how everyone did at the bottom uh in eighth place was carol and seventh place was kevin so if he proved it, proved him, he might have got might have got a wee bit higher. But there we go. And now a quick break for a word from our fake sponsor. Hello, Velvetizer, thing of beauty for super silky, incredibly velvety hot chocolate at home. Add milk and real chocolate flakes. Velvetize. Let the magic happen. So smooth. Mmm, I really made you want one, haven't I? The Velvetizer from the company that makes these. What are you waiting for? Ta-da. All right, so for the third challenge, for the Showstopper Challenge, the contestants were asked to make a Swedish celebration cake. Also known as a smorgenstater? I think that's how it's said. How about, yeah, it's your two to go. Smorgas, wait, smorgas, torta. That's <laughs> what I wrote a down. Smorgas torta. Smorgas torta. So I've been to Sweden, so I can pronounce it, I think. <laughs> I know a little bit of Please Swedish. Please let us know how we did. <laughs> yes, let I'll, us know. Also, we really did try. I'm so sorry if we mispronounced it. We didn't mean to offend any. 
Yeah, I apologize if we got it incorrect. So I, right off the bat, I was like, this just looks and sounds so filling. And just like, I don't know, like, for me, when I see a cake, I'm just expecting sweet. So the fact that this is like a sandwich in a cake form with like the frosting, but the frosting is like a savory thing. I, I, I don't know if I can get with this. What do you guys think? I really wanted to come in and complain about how this challenge how this challenge was like for the same reasons that you did, but I thought it was incredible. <laughs> I really, really want to try this bake mm-hmm. now. Because um, <laughs> I, I, I like a savory bake anyway. And yeah, I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> I just like... I yeah I can't I can't fault it they all and everything that everyone came up with it looked amazing yeah I think it was definitely challenging because it has the savory aspect like I think some of the contestants if they also had to do cooking in it right and like have that kind of those savory flavors in this as well it's not just purely um like sweet sweet things I think it was like a little difficult for me like I could see them like listing all the flavors and stuff and everything sounded good but it came to a point where like I couldn't imagine what it tastes like or like I because there were so many components to like one person's smorgasbordta that like they had like three fillings or like two breads and I couldn't really imagine how one would taste over the other dive into like Swedish culture to see like what it would taste like and then maybe it can better imagine. But like, I think I just watched this part, this task as just like entertainment and like, I couldn't really imagine what it would taste like. So that kind of, that was a little bit different. Yeah, I I kind of saw that this was, it was almost like, like a three course meal in a cake form, right? So it's like, I would love all of these things individually or like just like on a plate like I go to a buffet and I would just like take all these things but to just have it all like and that have that plate made into a cake is is so crazy to me but I mean yeah it sounds like it sounds like it would be really filling um and like one slice would probably be more than enough oh sounded incredible I was absolutely made up with this challenge (laughs) it really was um (laughs) the I would like with me that I agree that it does sound like it's a lot, but yeah, I just it, it was it sounds like a wonderful like I'm obsessed with the fish and chips cake. Like when I first when I first heard heard them saying it, it's like I just imagined bringing someone. It's like here you go, I made you a fish and chips cake, and just imagining the look of horror on their face. But it just look it just looks so good, and yeah, I'm <laughs> very pleased about this challenge. But one thing as as well to if I'm going to go continue my theme of complaining about it not being bread week, it was based on the like the actual cooking really more than the bread. I felt like if I'm going to be critical about it, mm-hmm. even Paul makes a comment about yeah. the bread being too thick during the judging of one of them. That and I think that might have been because I'm similar to Denise that I've I struggled to like to comment much on the the technicality of how it was cooked because there's so many different ingredients because it. It was like making a meal, mm-hmm. which they all did. They all did great. I thought they all did really well in this one, but they all cooked very well. To nitpick about it not being bread week again. So, are you looking for bread week to be like the main component? It's like it is bread. 
and then something yeah. that could pair with bread, but bread is still the main component. Yeah, I'd be for like like the like the quality the quality of the bread, the how uh, how it is and how you because you can do like decorative things with the bread. Like that's why I was really pleased with like what James did and James making the uh, milk bread pandas. I thought that was wonderful and it's it's an inventive way of ma- actually mm-hmm. making the bread, and I think that yeah. should have been should have been. It was praised. It was, but they they did comment about how it was. But I think that's what something that I've looked for with it personally. But that's coming from a big fan of bread, <laughs> admittedly. <laughs> yeah, I really liked James's little pandas, even if one was missing an ear. <laughs> and I guess that I earlier had commented like, "Oh, I want to try this shower cap approach," but now it's like, "Okay, I'll try, it, but make sure I have all my ears." <laughs> Remember to check your shower cap after 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 proving. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I had high hopes for James's bake. I think because it was one of the you know more fusion or Asian inspired uh, bakes with like the cha siu and I think plum sauce and I think the toppings were must have been pickled vegetables. I didn't really catch that, but I, I from the looks of it, it seemed like it would have been those veg- veggies that you would get with um, the Asian dishes. Uh, so I, yeah, I would have loved to try, try his. Yeah, his is definitely one that I would try too. Uh, I think it also supposedly had like pork belly. So it just made me think of like those buns and maybe you could put like peanut on top. That would have been really good too. It was really cool to see the marbling in his milk bread as well. The marbling looked really good. Oh, I was going to also mention, I feel like this episode is like Yanusha's traditional turd like in a different form he had like fish and chips in his showstopper and then one before he had like classic english breakfast in pizza form so i think he is taking a lot of traditional foods and just Mm. flipping it into a different form which i think is cool and smart because you know those flavors work well together I mean, I guess I'm probably showing my Britishness then because two of my notes are breakfast pizza is an excellent idea, uh, barring the mushrooms. And the other one is fish and chips cake sounds incredible. (laughs) (laughs) It does sound incredible. I love that he sprayed it with vinegar too. Oh Oh, yeah, I like that touch touch as well. Uh, Another thing that I did like uh, from this episode as well was uh, Carol living, not for this episode, this challenge was Carol living in fear of Paul <laughs> throughout the whole challenge. And she seems to just be like trying to, like she was trying to get a bread in the oven before Paul could come over and comment on it. I just thought that was quite funny. Um, personally, I also would have wanted to try Shabira's Nasi Lamak um, bake. I freaking love Nasi Lamak as a dish by itself. So 100% I would love to try it in a cake form. And I think... It's interesting because I think what you said, Connor, earlier, like she was kind of judged on the chicken and like the chicken was noted that it was good. Um, But again, it's kind of like, okay, well, she makes a good chicken, but this is not, you know, a chicken making show, cooking show. It's like a a big show. But um, but it is nice that at least she had all the components there and could uh, put it, pull it together. Oh, yeah, I would have loved to eat it. (laughs) And I have I've never tried it personally, but it sounds like it's great from what I saw on the show and from your review as well. So that is something I would really like to try. Yeah, again, I really love that she is including a lot of her culture into yeah, me too. all of her bakes. 
If you were to maybe attempt this, what flavors would you make? Well, uh, I can't. I can't take full credit for this. I can take credit for the very end. But uh, my uh, one of my good friends has uh, come up with an idea of what they'd make, and I'm just going to repeat it. Uh, Jack, if you're listening, I'm crediting you here <laughs> for it. Um, so he'd say he said an Indian one would be good with sag paneer in one layer, sweet potato, sweet potato dal in another layer, and then a coconut cauliflower in another. Uh, add in some yogurt, uh, garlic, and coriander to the bread to make it a bit more like a naan bread. And then, the, this is my suggestion, <laughs> uh, to have like a nubaji flake topping for it that would like f- like feel like it would give the decor on top of it, but the filling sound great. And it would also be a veggie ba- uh, bake, which uh, as a veggie, I, <laughs> I would very much enjoy. But yeah, thank you, Jack, for that excellent idea that I have completely just stolen on the podcast. <laughs> that sounds lovely. It does. Super yummy. I, I would maybe want to make either like a Korean inspired one. I think that would be cool with like bulgogi like in as the meat and then the various kind of that gochujang, that sweet and spicy sauce um, and a bunch of like the banchan also like incorporated of the side dishes incorporated somehow. I think that would be kind of interesting to do and put together. <laughs> that sounds really good as well. <laughs> We're all fans of food, so we're all just going to like probably like most of our suggestions. <laughs> How about you, Denise? Yeah, I think like fusing one food with another could be like a Vietnamese banh mi, but in a in a cake form would be good because there's a lot of like Ooh, cold yeah. pickled vegetables in there, and then some cold meats and like uh, cucumbers. It seems like it had a lot of components that could overlap. So, and ba- like a baguette is bread, so <laughs> there's. That box jacket. Yeah. One other thing that uh, I'd, I I would feel like I need to mention for this podcast, for probably for Amy, <laughs> is uh, the the pun that we got from from Matt when he was naming the character that Kevin created. Uh, Amy, would you like to would you like to repeat the name of the the character that was fishing that was made of cucumber? Yeah. So his character was holding a fishing rod. So he named him Rod. And Kevin really enjoyed that joke when Matt made it. Kevin really enjoyed it, and I, I enjoyed it, his reaction a lot. What would the character's name be if it were holding a net? A net? <laughs> <laughs> Which Kevin took less kindly well to. Well done, well done. <laughs> when, when Matt Lucas he literally that sounded so sad. I know, he sounded so sad. He was like, but he's not holding a net. <laughs> <laughs> Best yeah, I, could do. I, I like Kevin a lot. <laughs> yeah, I actually I like really like that lot. cucumber character. I thought it was it very good. It looked really good, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Almost looked like it would be like in a stop motion film. Yeah. And one, one thing we did also get from Kevin as well, we did get slightly stroppy Kevin uh, coming back through again, which I very much appreciated. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like Kevin is like my baking soulmate at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so as they were as they were getting towards the end of their bakes, uh, they uh, we got the line from James saying that he feels so sorry for whoever has to hoover up after him, and then the camera immediately cut to Sandro wiping down his baking area and cleaning it all up. So question for you two: <laughs> uh, What kind of baker are you? Are you the messy baker or the one who tidies up? Definitely the messy baker. I. <laughs> Uh, I try to clean as I go, but a lot of the times that doesn't happen. And fortunately, I have a 
an agreement with my partner Brian that I will bake and cook and he will clean so he has to hoover after me and that is our deal (laughs) (laughs) I like to clean as I go and I think a lot of the times it's because I only have so many bowls in counter space so I'm like okay I literally have to reuse these bowls right now Um, and I think that's kind of why I try to clean as I go Um, and it just makes me feel better at the end too to just be like okay I already did a little bit I can finish it up now what about you Connor (laughs) I'm very much a clean as you go uh, person with it that um yeah I will always tidy up like as I'm baking and like be be like uh, Sandro and wiping my desk down Uh, I did I did try to when we did the first couple of baking streams I tried to just like not tidy up and just actually focus on on the stream and to on the actual baking but I couldn't do it I've got to I've just got to tidy up <laughs> I was so upset to like look at the mess <laughs> all right all right I'm Kevin I <laughs> that wasn't exclusive to Sandro. just to call you out Denise. <laughs> I admit it <laughs> I would love to be part of the British Bake Off production cleaning crew if they get to try the bakes they so do yeah. I probably do, do yeah. yeah they do once they're done apparently the crew just they, the crew just eat everything that's there so yeah that's <laughs> another insider scoop it is an insider scoop Ooh. from oh actually i think it was april who mentioned it uh, that i've been to a class with uh, one of the bake-off contestants it was rosie who was on one of the previous seasons i went to an online class that she taught a couple of years ago now what did she teach? Uh, uh, we made a Japanese cheesecake in the baking class. And I think I've also been to one where we made uh, Basque cheesecakes as well with her. Ooh, cheesecakes. Nice. I think it was Kevin who said this too. Kevin has a lot of funny lines. <laughs> I think it was him who said it when he said something was a squeaky bum time. Do you know what that means at all? So yeah, I actually missed him. Missed him saying that one. But it's yeah, it's a phrase that's fairly used, like towards like the end of. It's like the most I've heard it is in football, uh, when you're getting towards the end of the game, uh, and if you need a win, yeah, if you need a win, yeah, it's called squeaky bum time. Uh, which is, yeah, you just like you need like you're starting to get nervous and you need to pull out all the stops, try and try and get it to win really. But yeah, it's more about the, like, the nerves towards the end of the game when you know you need the result, which so Kevin would have been referring to. He's knowing that he hasn't had a great a great week this week, so he needs to pull it out of the bag oh. now. Is it because you're nervous and then your bum is squeaky? Like, what? Why? <laughs> what? Oh, is that? okay, all right. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> so I have the pleasant job of announcing Star Baker for this week, and it is, drumroll please, Yanush! Yanush! With his fish and chips. Again, Morgastorka. No yeah. And then I've, well I've done, got the. Yeah, well done, Jen. Well done, Yanush. Uh, I've got the sad job of announcing that nobody went home this week, which is something that has happened. Uh, something that has happened three times previously. And Bake Off, and for, for people that know me that know that I like to like delve in and like go to this find out the stats for it so i had so i had to find out when it had happened before when it had happened previously it 
uh, was in season three, where one of the bakers sustained an injury and couldn't couldn't take part in the showstopper. So the judges felt it would be unfair to eliminate anyone that week. In season five, uh, one of the bakers withdrew from the show after a medical issue. Uh, So someone did go that week, but then the following week they didn't eliminate anyone. And then in season nine, uh, someone, uh, one of the bakers fell ill and they agreed that out of, uh, similar to this week, out of fairness, it wouldn't be fair for anyone to go. So they're doing, so they're following with that mantra that was set in season nine next week and we will be having two eliminations next week. But I guess as a general question for, for you both, who would you have probably thought would be going this week? I would say Kevin probably. I would probably say Dawn, because Dawn had a lot of, um, I think a lot of her flavors were on the bland side, and they weren't too impressed with that. And I think she was disappointed too. I could like I think the first one, the the signature bake, she she even said like, "Oh, I'm disappointed," because she wanted mm. it to work out. Yeah, yeah. I had I had Dawn uh, in my notes for who I thought would have gone this week as well, but yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, t- it was tight between Dawn and Kevin this week, I think. Okay, and that concludes everything for this week's episode. And so now we need to get on to the important thing, and that is the Fantasy League, uh, because uh, I got four points this week, which was splendid. But we did have <laughs> we did have a few other people who did get who did get four points this week. Uh, John Bob and Crystal also got four points this week so Woo-hoo. congrats all around to all of us congrats <laughs> uh, and we also had a few people who got the technical this week uh, that was April, Brian, Kat, Denise, Jasmine and Mathinia so yeah congrats everybody. to everyone who who got uh, those today and obviously no points for elimination because no one went and there were no Hollywood and Jakes. So that does mean the top three that we have currently is uh, Kat on six points and April and Brian are both tied in second on five points. Um, And just wanted to give a quick update from us. We have an Instagram. Yay. Yay. You can follow us and find us at The Pantry Pod on Instagram, and we will be posting episode updates and things like that there. So feel free to give us a follow. And another side note on the technicalities of the podcast as well. Uh, I'd like to just, if anyone's having issue with it not showing up on their preferred podcast provider, please let me know. Uh, and I will work to make sure it's shows up on your on your podcast platform because i would like it to make it as easy as possible for everyone to listen so thank you so much for listening to today's episode i'm amy and i'm connor <laughs> and i'm denise and we're the, the pantry, pantry.